can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Welcome back. It's Heather with Hump Days with Heather on Talking Pools podcast. So today I want to talk about customer cost of customer acquisition versus customer lifetime value, right? With that being said, we have two different values, right? I'm just going to kind of dive in because there's a lot that goes into this. And a lot of us contractors don't know that. Sorry, I'm just putting my lunch to the side, my sausage. Cost of acquisition. Every single company should know how much it takes for you to acquire a customer. There is a simple formula. It's a CAC, cost of customer, right? So you take the number and you divide it. So in short, like you add up the total costs associated with acquiring that new customer. So the amount that you're spending on the marketing, the sales, anything that you do to get a new customer, whether it's Thumbtack, HomeAdvisor, Google, Facebook, whatever it may be, excuse me. And that's typically figured for like a specific time range. Like when I do mine, I do every quarter because I want to know how much it takes. Example, if I spend $1,000 on marketing in that quarter and I was able to acquire a 1,000 new customers, I'm just doing simple math here because calculations, my cost of acquisition for that customer would be $1,000. You take that thousand dollars divided by a thousand clients and that's a dollar per customer if i had brought in 500 customers my cost of acquisition would be twice as high right it'd be two dollars then instead of a dollar because i only brought in half i still spent the thousand but i only brought in 500 versus a thousand so that's in half so you just take your cost divide it by however many customers you get and that's your cost of acquisition with that being said cost of acquisition comes in multiple different things you've got like i said you know pay-per-click advertising is really big for the cost of acquisition because you want to know how much it's costing you to click those little ads right Every click is a cost. Social media, I think every click for there is the same as well. Well, that's kind of hard. It's like you're, if you do like a magazine, you just take that magazine cost, divide that, but you have to keep up in your CRM. Hopefully everybody has a CRM. <clears throat> keep up with that cost in your CRM so you know. Like mine, I, I can pull reports on there. I use Salesforce. <sighs> it's a pain in the ass. Salesforce is expensive and it's expensive to build. That's where the most part comes in with Salesforce. But there's much cheaper, much cheaper CRMs than Salesforce. That being said, take all the expenses. So when I do, I don't like, uh, 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 yes and no. So I divide it into categories and I also divide it into total. So uh, my categories in my CRM, I literally have every one of my marketing campaigns in, in my books. I have QuickBooks. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have um, Facebook. I have Google Pay Per Click. I have Craigslist. Yes, I still market on Craigslist. It's been a while actually since I've marketed on Craigslist. I need to go back and do that. I have referrals. I have if I do print. I have if I have it on my truck. 
because that's technically marketing too. That's a truck wrap, right? So let's say all of those and I paid, let's just say my total marketing expenses was 180000 and 400 bucks. I don't know. Let's just throw a number out there. And I acquired, let's say, 2,500 new clients. So give or take, let's say 25, whatever. My cost of acquisition of that, you just take that number and you divide that. That's like what? 70, I don't know. Let me calculate here. Shit. What'd I say? 180,400. And let's say I got 2,500 new clients. So my cost of acquisition is $72.16. I had to use my calculator on that. Let's see. I said, oh, sorry. Okay. So it then every quarter you're spending $71 to acquire on a $180,000 budget. You are taking that and you're knowing to get one particular client, you're going to spend $71. That's high for a cost of acquisition. You want that way down. That's not what mine is. I'm just throwing like numbers off the top of my head. I can actually pull my report if anybody wants to know. I'll be more than happy to do that. So now that we've gone on the cost of acquisition per client, let's talk about the LTV, as I like to call customer lifetime value, LTV. So that's the amount that your company makes from each customer during the lifetime of that customer. So from year one, year two, year three, all the way up until that customer decides that they're no longer your customer. Average customer lifespan, how long does it take for that customer to remain a customer? What is your average lifetime for that customer? Do you even know that? Some people probably don't. My average lifetime when I cleaned pools was five years. My most was nine. And I had some of my clients that were from day one until the day that I sold my route. I had like a good 60 of those clients still left. But my average lifetime was five years for all of my clients when I clean pools. Then you're going to want the rate of retention from each customer. So what I mean by that, the percentage of the customer who buys again. And I'm not talking about like your weekly cleaning, your filter cleans. I'm talking about Joe Blow, my pump is out. You're going to need to drop $1,200 to install this VS pump. Are they going to go to you or are they going to go to another company? And how do you handle that as a business owner? Do you allow them to do that or do you fire that customer? What is your perspective on that? I'm curious. So drop a drop a note in the comment because I'm really curious how some of y'all handle that or buying online and then installing it. Next is your your profit margin per that customer. So if that customer is doing a good retention on you, for you, not on you, but for you. How is that profit margin on that customer outside of weekly service? Is it every repair? Do you actually keep? Do you sell them? Do you upsell them? What is that margin? Because when that margin comes into place, you will also know if that's a good customer to keep, if that's a bad customer to keep. What happens is when you calculate that profit margin for that customer, you, of course, have got to take your net income for that customer, which is what every customer spends minus the cost, the CAG, C-A-C, right? I'm going to use my acronyms. And then you're going to divide that number by that revenue of that customer over their lifetime and multiply by 100 to get the percentage. Very simple math. So that's the profit margin. Unless your books does that, like QuickBooks will do that. Of course, you have to enter it correctly, But if you want to do it manually, very simple, dividing 
and then multiplying. Average amount to each person spends lifetime as a customer, not just your profit margin, but the lifetime. Simple calculation. Add up with a customer's total spends. Divide that by the number of customers. When you do these things, and there's one more that I do as well. When you do these things, you can actually start looking at, hey, if I'm spending $76 per this customer, that's how much it costs me to acquire this customer. My profit margin is 10% and it better not be, but I'm just saying it's 10% that my average customer is spending $500. Why is that so low? By knowing all of these details inside your business, you can help acquire what customer is good, what customer is bad, right? You have to know your cost of acquisition to be able to do all of these. The next that I do is my average gross margin per customer, not my profit margin, but my average gross margin. That's very simple. It's calculated by the time period, such as a year. So I do a year for this particular client. According to lifespan, I, I like to do the year. It's just easier so that way I can say, okay, this client this year was great. This client this year was bad. You're going to take the profit margin per customer over that year or lifetime or whatever you choose to do, and you're going to divide that by 100. And then you're going to multiply that by how much money they spent during that time period, that lifetime. With that being said, that way you know the average gross margin. There's so much that goes into these four or five. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, 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 five bullets and points. Did I do five in my head? Yeah, I did cost of acquisition. I did average customer lifespan, rate of customer retention, profit margin, average amount, and average gross margin. So so six, I had to think in my head. I'm trying to pull this from my head, so I'm sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> Those six will make or break your company. If you don't know those numbers, I highly suggest you do these math because this can fail your business like in a heartbeat, right? What happens when you have very high customer acquisition and very low gross, gross margin, you're not going to be profitable. So let's say the average customer over a lifetime would be... I don't know, 19 cents, horrible. I'm not sorry, not 19 cents, 1900, 1900, holy shit, 19 cents, 1900. That's not a bad price, but at $1,900 for an, a gross margin per customer over a 12 month period of time, that's not a lot of margin for you. That means you're not upselling them on products. That means you're not either billing out your chemicals appropriately, that means they're reaching out to other customer or companies to get stuff installed when you tell them stuff is wrong. So you need to find out where that disconnect is. You've got to be able to earn that money inside of that customer. When you're factoring in the customer acquisition cost, again, CAD, C-A-C, it's important to consider your business context, right? And make sure your numbers are are where they're supposed to be in your books. Because if you're pulling all this from your book, your books, you've got to enter it correctly. And if you're a newer company, your CAG is going to be much higher than mine would be because I'm a much more established company, right? So I don't have to spend as much to get my name out there because there's a lot of people that already know who Swim Care Free is. So most of my company comes from word of mouth or it comes from referrals or it comes from wherever it may come from. So how can you improve your, God, this flies. How can you improve your cost of customer acquisition? Improve your lead conversion rate. 
So Google Analytics are very great for that because how often do customers abandon their shopping cart when they're at your website? Are you know, I, I call it a shopping cart because you can literally check out on my website for my services. Cause I have, when I did cleaning, you could literally check out and my website pinged it where it told me who it was and then it captured their data. So it go back before, like they checked out like, Hey, you've got this in your cart, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, adding value to your offers, but don't over give stuff for free guys. Please understand that. That's not what I mean by that. Adding value. Something simple as, Hey, I noticed you wanted to sign up for weekly cleaning. My rate's $250 a month. Why did you choose not to go with me? Most of the time, the homeowners will tell you. And if they don't, that's when you got to start picking them. Well, price aside, do you think the value is there? Forget the price. If I sold this to you for a dollar, do you think this value is there, right? And if they say yes, well, then pinpoint, you know what the problem is, it's the price. So at that point, then you got to sell that value at that cost that you're at. Because that value user perceives from your product and your service is subjective, right? Keep that in your mind when selling. I could do podcasts on selling all day long. I'm, I love selling. Um, next would be remarketing to your people over. Like I do text marketing. I use slick text. And if anybody wants to use slick text, I have a code that I can give you that gets you very good rates and a lot of messaging I get very good results off of my slick text, but my customer, um, let me see, QuickBooks has it. Hold on, I'm just gonna pull it real quick. My database for QuickBooks customer is my total customer accounts I have is 15,982. So my slick text goes out to every single one of those clients that I have whether it be for a filter clean or a remodel, I will tell y'all guys, the number one thing that I get, if you are just starting your business season, people, please don't do this. Just, I mean, you can, but if you need extra money, but newcomers, if you have a database, whether it's 15 clients, 30 clients, 40 clients, whatever it may be, Send a 50% off coupon or even 75% off coupon for a filter clean, but not not if you sell your filter cleans at like 25, 30 bucks. Like my filter cleans were 200 bucks to the client. So I would send out a 50% off coupon to give to a, a friend that needed it. So here's here's my trick for that. So what happens is that cost of acquisition, it only cost me my slick text is $150 a month, I want to say, and I get 15,000 text messages, right? So at 15,000 text messages, if I send that out at 150 a month, very, very little, right? What I would do with that filter cleaning is I would say, hey, 50% off for you, 50% off for a new client. However, that client has to call us to do this, to take this opportunity for you to get your 50% off. So you've got a new client and you've got your current client. So that's adding value to that offer and acquiring a brand new customer. So then your customer acquisition cost is low because you're only marketing to this one. It didn't cost you anything to get that new customer. All you did was referral, right? Referrals don't cost you anything. That customer took it to one of their friends 
and then you're in that backyard. Hell, I've even done it where it was free for a friend and 50% off for them or free for both because it cost me 60 bucks. At that point, then you're going to have, you know, that cost for that because that 50% off is going to cover your cost. Does that make sense? I hope so. Um, anyways, so with that being said, make sure you use all these formulas to go through and help. It's my time is like 15, 16 minutes. So I'm going to kind of cut it off here. I could go on and on about this, but make sure you're benchmarking all these. Make sure you are reaching out in your customer cost of acquisition. Again, go back to the beginning podcast, listen to those six brilliant, wonderful information that you need to know. All right, guys. Well, this is Heather. Hope it's been helpful. Until next Wednesday, see you guys. Bye. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 